Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan Eisen here. This is the master of Tiger style, Lee Moriarty, Dominic Carini. This is Trey Lamar. This is Zoe Sky. This is Nick fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast. And welcome to IWTV Guide, your guide to what's on independentwrestling.tv. I'm Jared J. Hawk Hawkins, and joining me as always, he won't steal an election, but he'll steal your heart, Charlie Butter. And I'm still an Effie Award winner. <laughs> you will always be an Effie Award winner. But... Thank you, thank you, crowd, thank you. Cheers to sound more organic than the WWE Thunderdome. Now, I, I kind of make a joke about that. I've actually done the WWE Thunderdome for SmackDown recently, and I did the live event experience for NXT in the last week as well. And they really try to coach you on how they want you to react at all times. Like, they're they're piping through the chant of you suck, you suck, and you hear the prediction, you're going, okay, you hear the you suck chant, let's see them on camera. It's like, really? <laughs> Oh, if you actually, man. if you actually watch this past week's episode of NXT, you'll actually see my face like front and center for like the first two matches, and the combination of me yawning on camera and me cheering for the grizzled young veterans when I'm supposed to boo them probably probably what got me moved to another area of the, of the building. But yeah, I I watched part of that show, but um, I don't remember seeing you because I wasn't paying attention, and I probably would have stopped if I saw your face. So, oh gee, thank you. You're welcome. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, fuck off, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, no, uh, I'm sure everybody's dying to hear my thought. Uh, congratulations to the Browns. They did beat the Steelers last week while we were uh, just after we got done recording. Unfortunately, uh, a couple hours before the recording, they did lose to the Chiefs. Better team won today. I can't be too upset about it. I also didn't watch much of the game, so I'm sure people are bitching about shit that I didn't even see, and I'll be like, oh, okay, well, whatever. Well, we lost. We're here. But. Yeah, you probably would have had a heart attack if you watched the game. So at least you didn't do that, and you're here. So yeah, well, I I call what time the game was. I'm like, I really want to see the game. Ed, probably better. Like I was expecting the loss, even if they would have won, I probably would have had a heart attack. No. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Cleveland would be burning if they won right now. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, so unfortunately, yeah, we, we did lose. But you know, like I told you. You wanted it all this year. It's we got plenty of time. Like we can still build on things from this year, and uh, I think next year will be even better. So, you know, I think the team that went six and ten last year finished eleven and five, won their first playoff game in twenty six years, and took the Super Bowl champion to the limit. Right, that's a successful season. Like any yeah. way you look at it, that's a successful season. Very much so. Get with that. Very much so. Um, and it, and if you're upset with that, then you really shouldn't call yourself a football fan. Shut up. <laughs> so. I've been doing some work behind the scenes uh, with the podcast a lot lately, as you know, like I've been keeping you updated on what's been going on. Um, been looking at some sponsorship opportunities for shows and uh, I had this really funny idea. So, you know, GCW is going to be running a 24 hour show coming up and we all know that they're currently in a contract dispute with IWTV. So I thought it'd be really funny if I bought like a sponsorship block uh, for IWTV guide on the GCW show <laughs> and how confused people would be about that. Um, since we are unofficial, like, you know, money's money. It's, it's spends, right? So uh, I thought that'd be kind of funny. Um, I haven't done that yet. I haven't committed to that yet. Uh, I don't even know if they would let us at this point. Um, <laughs> but 
I, if they think we are official, that's going to be a no. Right. Well, you know, I don't know. Again, money spends, so you never know. Uh, but I, I have been looking at some of the different opportunities. I know, like, Paradigm is, like, offering a bunch of interesting stuff right now for a reasonable price. Um, it's a couple of companies I've been looking at that I, I kind of want to do something with. Um, I just don't know how I want to go about it just yet. But um, I'm definitely looking at... Uh, couple different promotions you know that are filled with action and have limitless potential and you know might be southern and underground pros and that kind of stuff so never know where we might uh end up as a sponsor and i know our our great friends at pw ponderings uh sponsor a lot of stuff so i might need to get in contact with them and and see what they think about that and you know okay go definitely be on the lookout for uh, for us on those type of opportunities and if wrestling ever opens back up to where we can start making some road trip, definitely look for us there. Uh, before we get into uh, the Nuts and Bolt War show, though, I have a question for you, Charlie. Okay. All right. Do a little, play a little game of Would You Rather. Okay. Would you rather wear Dan Allen face paint or churn butter with Levi Everett? Oh, man, that's tough. Uh, what would you rather do? I would probably lean toward uh, wearing Dan Allen face paint. And realistically, it's just a ma- it's not really a matter of quantity. Like I can wear Dan Houghton face paint all the time. Like one can call and I can wear it for a couple of days without a problem. Mm-hmm. Trim butter would leave I ever for a few minutes, and then like you're done. One can butter it, the experience go over with. Right. I like the Amish. I'm a big fan of the Amish, and I would turn butter or churn butter with Levi instead of wearing Dan Housen face paint. What the hell, Nick Gage, just interrupted. How do you always know what we're talking about? I don't know, man. He He's kind of scary that he can do this, just interrupt the show like that. Um, I don't know, man. <sighs> I expect that from Dan Housen, but Nick Gage... Uh, oh, dude, I got the beard, so it'd be a bitch to clean that out of my beard. I'd probably have to go with churn butter with with Levi. Okay, that uh, It'd be just you know a fun visual, and uh, maybe put it on a T-shirt. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I assume you're going to take your time with it, unlike Swoggle. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Swoggle just he doesn't have that kind of patience. He's just. I don't want the funniest damn thing I've ever seen live. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, uh, let's get into what's on IWTV this week. Uh, my system's a little slow, but it's pulling it up here. So Today, Junior? Still waiting for the website to pull up. Oh, no. We're going to come back to follow now. Show's over. We're done. Yeah, he, he blocked our account. We're, we're no longer able to do the show. Sorry. It's the end. Back to doing MLW and NWA reviews. <laughs> oh, MLW anyway. We're going to be, have to do show to do review. <laughs> right. I guess we could catch up on what, what's left of, that we didn't do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here we go. Tuesday, January 19th at 8 p.m. Eastern, New South Pro Wrestling presents Action Clash Episode 19. Followed by 9 p.m. Eastern Heavy Metal Wrestling Texas Grand Prix Series Week 12. Wednesday, January 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern Limitless Wrestling The Road Season 2 Episode 14. Followed by 10 p.m. Eastern Paradigm Pro Wrestling UWFI Rules Contenders Series Episode 5. 
Thursday, January 21st at 7 p.m. Eastern, C4 Wrestling, Mixtape Volume 41. Followed by at 8 p.m. Eastern, Zelo Pro, Wrestling on Weed Street 2020. And then Saturday, we have a doubleheader. Uh, on the 23rd at 2.30 p.m., H2O, You Shouldn't Have Done That. Followed by at 8 p.m., H2O Wrestling, No Pity for the Week. And that's what's on IWTV this week. Yeah, usual great stuff on the schedule for the week. Check out as much of it as you can. Most of it's available on demand the next day as well, and there's always stuff being added on demand that's not on the schedule. Right. They just added a bunch of freedoms, and I mean, I could spend all day going through and finding all the new stuff they've added in a week that we don't really even cover on here. So maybe that'll be a new segment down the road. Yeah, and I and we say it a lot. If you can't find something on independentwrestling.tv that meets your needs and your desire to correct me, fan, you're not a wrestling fan. There's got to be something. Possibly, if you uh, carry a tennis racket and live in Louisville, Kentucky, you might not find something. But that would be it. That would be it. Oh man, I feel bad that I'm the one that had to make that joke. But there you go. Thank you. Anyway, let's get to our review. <laughs> and this time we are going to one of the longest running independent promotions out there right now, IWA Mid South. And their final show of 2020, the Big Ass Christmas Bash, December 19, 2020, from the arena in Jeffersonville, Indiana. This is the 25th year for IWA Mid-South. Like, I knew they'd been around a while, but for whatever reason, it didn't dawn on me that we're coming up on 25. Yeah. And I mean, it makes sense because, what, what 2002 or 2003 was the uh, CM Punk Hero 90-minute match? I don't remember. Somewhere in that range, I think. No. Go. IWA Mid-South is one of those really polarizing promotions. Everybody seems to really love it or really hate it, and there's no in-between. Yeah. Who are the uh, the current champions? Do you have that information? Uh, I will have it in like two seconds, as a matter of fact. Okay. So they have four championships. The Mid- IWA Mid-South Heavyweight Champion, also called the IWA World Champion, Jake Christ. The Junior Heavyweight Champion, Blake182. Which I believe is vacant right now because there's a tournament. Act of, with this show, when this show that we're reviewing happened, it was vacant, but it's been changed. And oh, really? Interesting. The, the, the tournament, the tournament was uh, two weeks ago. Okay. Uh, IWA Mid-South Tag Team title uh, held, currently held by the Mason-Dixon line, Devin Dixon and Tyler Mason, and the IWA Mid-South Women Champion, Thunder Kitty. Right on. I know you're a big fan of Thunder Kitty. I am a big fan of Thunder Kitty. Yeah, she's, she's like May Young, time warp to the present. Oh, my. Well, let's get started. You've, you've seen Thunder Kitty, am I wrong? Yes, I, I've seen... Th- yeah, are you wrong? No, I've seen Thunder Kitty. You're right. Okay. Okay. All right, so our opening match. Vincent Nothing, recently returning from a nine-year absence, taking on Calvin Tankman. We talked about Vincent Nothing a few weeks ago when we did the, the uh, PWO show here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and how he just he came to di- just disappear, and now all of a sudden he's back and doing pretty good for himself here in IWA Mid-South. And, of course, Calvin Tankman, that's our guy. We love Calvin Tankman and, yeah, doing MLW on along with the Indies right now. No. Yeah, he. Uh, this is Calvin Tankman's return. Uh, they kind of give him a welcome back chant, and this match was some hard-hitting stuff. This is one of the best matches on the show when they opened with it. Like, I really enjoyed this a lot. Uh, there is actually some pretty good Matt Wrestling start. You forget how asshole Calvin Tankman is until you see him actually, like, starting to throw drop kicks and shit. Uh, he hit Vincent nothing with a pounce, nearly knocked him out of his shoe. It's a beautiful pounce. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, they do fight on the floor for a while. Alvin Tank, uh, Calvin Tankman ends up eating a ring post, and that the advantage of Vincent nothing there. Uh, Billy the P in Vincent nothing corner. He's interviewing liberally throughout the match. We hit about the uh, ten minute marker. So they start trading shots in the ring. Vincent nothing got a beautiful o- overhead belly to belly suplex leads to the uh, double ten count. And then looks like Calvin Tankman got the win, but Billy the P interferes, leads to a low blow from Vincent nothing and the roll up for the pin in fourteen oh eight. Really good stuff here. Vincent nothing for a nine year layoff doesn't look like he's lost a step. Well, yeah, I mean, he's had a couple matches uh, prior to this, but yeah, he's definitely um, still able to go. So, yeah, he looked in fantastic shape. I don't think he looked in that good of shape when he was wrestling full time. No, I think a lot of that he was like training for MMA uh, while he was off. So, I mean, I, a lot of that could have been from from that. So, all right, from there we get a three way dance, one fall to a finish. Sean Lawhorn versus Nick King versus JT Rotten. Uh, I honestly, I was. I tuned out on this one. I was not a fan of this one at all. I, like they weren't even a minute in. They started doing the oh, one guy out of the ring. Well, here's the one on one, and that was pretty <laughs> much the match until uh, Rodden pinned King with a double underhook DDT. It it was there. It was fairly short. Go inoffensive, but I'm not a fan of triple threat matches that are done this way. I was just completely out of the match. Yeah, I don't know. Uh... I didn't, you know, I, I know who won the match, but I, I couldn't tell you anything else about the match. Every time I looked at the screen, they were laying down on the mat, and yeah, I don't know what the hell was going on. From there, we get Bodiak against Alex Crowley. I like Alex Crowley. Yeah, yeah I, I do too. This is a, I'm not a fan of intergender wrestling, but this is a pretty good matchup. That's weird that you say that, because you're, you're a big fan of a intergender champion. I love Andy Kaufman, and the Andy Kaufman stuff worked for its time. Intergender wrestling can work when it is done well. Uh, technical entry, Brian Cage, great match. And an example. You have to have the the right two people in there for this to work. Mm-hmm. I guess that's how I should. That's how I want to word it. Like it's not that I don't like it, but if but if it's the wrong two people in there, then it's just like, why are we doing this? Right, right. I got gotcha. you. Kodiak has the kind of experience advantage and gives him control uh, for a good portion of the match. Uh, pretty slow, methodical pace when Kodiak is in control. Uh, at one point, uh, Kodiak is going for a superplex. Crowley actually fights out of it and turns into a code breaker off the top. It's a really nice move. Yeah, it looked real good. Match is really good. It gets really good once uh, Crowley starts her comeback. Everything she does uh, looks really good. And she uh, gets a double wrist lock in for the commission win. At nine minutes and forty six seconds, and then of course after the match, Zodiac had to attack Crowley and get a heat back. We in fact, what we do, and he used a heart punch. Yes, I'm a fan of the heart punch. I, I think I think I think the heart punch should make a comeback. I haven't seen the heart punch in forever. <laughs> well, I saw like he had the arm wrenched back, and I was like, oh, he's gonna do the heart punch. Wow. <laughs> well, realistically, like the heart punch, it even looked like okay. It looks like if you hit somebody hard enough in the, with the heart punch, that you're going to hurt them. Like, I don't understand why people don't treat it seriously like a finishing move. Like, this would be the ultimate finishing move. I'm going to punch you as hard as I can in the chest, and you're going to fall down. And that's how it's, how it's going to be. <laughs> and since most companies don't even uh, ban a closed fist anymore, now it's a legal move. And while we're talking about uh, whether moves are legal or illegal, I'm, I'm going to give a shout-out to referee Sean P. here. Dude, Iron Man, this show, did a fantastic job throughout the night. So, Sean, if you're listening to this, I know you do listen to us on occasion. And good, good job, my friend. Yeah, I was uh, I was impressed. Uh, that's that's got to be tough to be able to do that. So yeah, it it is definitely 
I'm not going to have to say it's not fun because if we're Ironmaning a wrestling show, then we're doing what we love. It's, so obviously it's fun in that aspect, but it can get tiring, especially with a, a long show like this. Some of these matches do end up getting really long here. Right. From there, we have the IWA Mid-South Tank Team title match. The champions at uh, at the time here are the Mama Boy. <laughs> Consisting of Corey Storm and Joshy Boy. <laughs> and, <laughs> what are you laughing at? B O I D boys. The Mama Boys. Uh, all right. Okay. Yeah. What? And they're defending against the team of GK <laughs> fan of Piper and Prima Donnie. <laughs> the viewers expressed by Charlie Butter do not necessarily reflect the of my skull for anybody else on the IWTV Guide staff. <laughs> that, that's their actual fucking ring name, dude. Like, what dude, the hell? I totally understand. It, it's fine. Like, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, pre- prima donna. You could take off on prima donna. I get it. Like, I, I get where he, what he's doing with it. What are we doing with our lives, dude? <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right now, watching independent wrestling and apparently making fun of people for what they fucking call them called when they're in the ring. You can pick like, any uh, name, dude. It's wrestling. You can pick any name. You can pick any name, dude. You can, <laughs> it's wrestling. You can pick any name, and you pick prima donna. Uh, maybe his real name is just, Donald. Maybe his friends call him Donnie, and he just like prima Donnie, prima Donna. Hey, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Just any, any, just anything you just hear that just sounds silly in wrestling. Like unless it's specifically a comedy gimmick, you have to know that you you could pick any name, and you picked that for your name. It just. <laughs> if you're like name prima Donnie, I don't hate the name. I don't hate his name either. It's just, I'm just saying, like, you could pick any name. I don't understand why people pick some of the names they do. Because Warhorse was already fucking taken. What <laughs> I don't know. By the time this guy probably started wrestling, Warhorse wasn't probably even a thing. So you never know. He was probably a Viking at that time. <sighs> All right. Continue with, with your review of the match. All right. Anyway. Uh, this is where the show started losing me a little bit, and I'll tell you why. I looked at GK Sam coming out. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> you can go 45 and 30 minutes laughing at the fucking name. A few moments later. Anyway, as I was saying, they lost me a little bit here, but I look at GK Sam coming out. These guys look like they're great athletes. They they look good. And their their moves look crisp. To me, this is a, an act that should be a fan favorite tag team, a babyface tag team. The Mama Boys come out. They look like they're just natural heels. Like I take a look at these guys and I want to boo them. I I, I want them to be the bad guys. So of course, it's the exact opposite. The Mama Boys are the babyface, and GK GK family are the are the heels. I, I'm sure for regular viewers of IWA Midtown, it makes sense. So I'm not necessarily knocking that, but me as a first-time viewer, I felt like they were miscast. Okay. That, that's uh, that fair. Being, that's fair. That being said, this is a great old-school tag team match. JK fam are double-teaming. They're doing stuff behind the referee's back. Uh, I did not realize until about the 10-minute match, about the 10-minute mark of this match, that apparently all title matches in IWA Midtown are no DQ, no count-out. Because they don't work this match this way. Mm-hmm. 
they work it like they're trying to break a five count. They're trying to hide things behind the referee's back. They're trying to, you know, get, to try and get away with shit. And it's not until they actually go out on the floor that they make mention that, oh, hey, there's no DQ, no count out. So it's another thing that just kind of threw me off with the booking of it. Uh, that being said, uh, we do get Storm hitting the Eye of the Storm on Prima Donnie for the win in 12-14 to retain the championship. Again, good stuff. Good old school tag team match. I, I felt, it just felt like, though, the team that should have been the underdog team was in control, and the team that should have been cheating to win was the team we were put to get behind. Again, that's a critic can come as a first-time viewer. I'm sure regular fans of this show, I'd be mid-count running almost every week, sometimes twice a week. I'm sure this makes sense if you're following the product. Right. As a first-time viewer, I didn't make I didn't make that connection. I felt backward. Okay. Yeah. After the match, Daniel Luck comes out and starts beating up people after afterwards. Uh, laid out Storm specifically. Well, your take on it, because tell me my take fair. Uh, I really don't have much, man. Thought it was an okay match. Okay, we then go to Dewey Wellington against Gary J. And for this one, we're pulling stipulation out of envelope. And we just happen to have a beard versus hair match. Gary J's beard on the line against Dewey Wellington's hair. If there's ever a stipulation that really exposes the pro wrestling of work, pull the <laughs> stipulation out of an envelope. Oh, it just happens to be a version of hair versus hair. When you're both proud of that particular version of your hair. Uh, the only thing I have noted for this is that the uh, Wellington uh, did a dive to the outside and legit uh, landed on the top of his head. And, and got right back up and did another dive. And he was yes. going to take off on Gary J triple dive. Yes. Um, number one, holy shit. Uh, number two, I'm glad you're not hurt. Yeah, uh, the one thing I will give Wellington credit for, he hit a tornado DDT on Gary J, and it was one of the best fucking tornado DDT I've ever seen. This thing looked fucking good. Like I, I, I was actually starting to, I was actually starting to go, okay, the game a little bit long. Then he hit that move, and I popped, and I was into the rest of the match after that. They do a ton of near falls. Wellington goes up to the top rope. Aaron Williams comes out and knocks Wellington off the top rope for some reason. That gives Gary J the chance to elbow Wellington in the back of the head for the pin in twelve thirty six. And then we do get a kind of a quaggy hair shaving after the match. They keep the uh, hair on the outside of a cut and cut the and shave the middle of a hair like they're trying to do the Road Warrior Hawk haircut for him. Yeah, I didn't realize that there was like a the Gary G had like a whole squad of people with him, so that was kind of uh, surprising. Yeah, but none of them came out for the match. So like after the match, when at the end of the match, when Aaron Williams showed up, and then everybody else kind of came out after that. Right. Right. Well, from there, we have Brayden Lee against Kevin Giga. A winner of this match is going to get into the tournament for the Junior Heavyweight Championship that was vacated at the time. And the tournament was on January 2nd. Uh, and that can add a stipulation. Kevin Giga, because he had some trouble winning some, some of the bigger matches lately, uh, he said flat out, if he loses this match, he's done. He's leaving IWA mid-mouth. Yeah, and uh, it's one of those big uh, tell-all kind of things. Like, he put that stipulation on there like yeah he's not losing come on so yeah, i think he, that kind of ruined it for me a little bit but this match was really good yeah this was this was a really good match uh lee shows incredible strength uh, a few minutes and you could go for a flying body press lee cat not only catches him in midair but turn into a fucking spinning uranagi really nice stuff uh, a couple minutes later lee standing on the second rope when geek on the apron and dead ass picked him up off the fucking apron into a superplex oh uh, i mean there's some really good shit here uh, I do want to say, after seeing Kevin Giga do his uh, high knee here, if anybody ever tells me that Kenny Omega's V-Trigger is the best knee in the business, I'm telling them to go fuck themselves. <laughs> really? Kevin Giga's knee is fucking awesome. 
All right. Uh, Geek at one point does lay uh, uh, Lee over the apron and does a frog splash. Tries to do the same thing on the guardrail, but Lee moves and Geek ends up hitting the guardrail hard and nearly decapitates himself on it. Yeah, that was kind of scary. Yeah, another one. Glad you're not hurt. Uh, so Geek actually gets to his feet at, at, at the 13 count, like a 20 count in IWA mid south. He walks around the outside of the ring until 19. And then slides him the ring as quickly as he can, like at the New Japan 20 count. Avoid the 20 count spot. Like, no, just casually roll in the ring at that point. We know you're getting back in. <laughs> All right. There was no there was no drama at that point. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, though, Braden Lee is one to watch. I think he's going to have a huge breakout year soon. And uh, he's just so damn athletic. If he can get the right pieces together, dude, he's going to be a mega star. I'm telling you what. I, I definitely see that. Be- uh, between the power we talked about earlier... His shooting star press is beautiful. He can hit a six thirty. Yeah, he didn't do the six thirty in this match, but that 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 shooting star press just it was just jaw dropping. It was fantastic. And then after he uh, does not cover on the shooting star because he hurt me, he still hurt himself. Then they go into a series of roll ups and counters. They got about six or seven near falls until Yika hit his finishing move, the ball buster, uh, to get the pin at fifteen eleven. Keep his job in the IWA Mid South and enter the Junior Heavyweight Title Tournament. Yeah, this this was uh this is definitely up there for one of my favorite matches on the show. Might be my number one match of the show. Yeah, I gotta I gotta say it probably my it probably is my number one match of the night as well. I think that's a good pick. Right, from there we get into our semi main event. It is Toby Farley versus the Southern Psycho Man Warner. Of course, we love Man Warner. This is the first time I remember seeing Toby Farley. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think we've covered him on the show before. Yeah, I've never heard of them before uh, watching the show. The so story is that they have split matches between each, uh, against each other in the past. This is the rubber match. I like the story they are telling. It's going to be a hard-hitting fight. They're going to hit each other as hard as they can. Mm-hmm. And then they went 25, almost 25 minutes. <laughs> this, was, this was a great 12-minute match that went 22 minutes. Yeah. I, I, I found myself looking at my phone and looking back at the thing and thinking, Oh, here comes the finish. And then it wasn't the finish. And I just kept going and going and going and going. And then the DDT ended it. It really felt it. That finish felt anticlimactic after all that too. Like yes. they, you just beat the shit out of each other for 22 minutes, 21 minutes and 46 seconds by my watch. And it ends with not even, not even man can bet DDT. Like it's not a bad DDT by any means, but I've seen man corner hit better. Right. It's three. I mean, maybe that's what they were going for. I don't know. Like, I, I didn't hate the match. It was just, it was twice as long as it needed to be for the story they were telling. After the match, man's going to show respect. Share could be with Toby Farley. He doesn't do that for everybody. So, mutual respect. Right on. There was a lot of talk about Barry Wyndham's cowboy boot in this match as well. Yes, that they disappeared. Man may or may not have stolen them in the 80s. And may or may not have been wearing them during the match. But they spent like five minutes talking about these boots. Yes, they did. Now, then we're heading into our main event. It is Aaron Williams against the IWA Mid-South Heavyweight Champion, Jake Christ. It is not scheduled to be a title match. In order for this to be a title match, Aaron Williams has to cash in a contract that he had won from Dewey Wellington at some point previously. And somehow, the contract is not in the briefcase. So, Vincent Nothing and Gary J drag Wellington to the ring. Where's the contract? Where's the contract? Where's the contract? They rip a backpack off of his back and then spend like 10 minutes beating up Wellington before they actually think to look in the backpack. 
And even then, they don't even think to look in the backpack. They keep Biff Wellington III out at ringside, Dewey Wellington's father. They pile drive him on the floor, and that's when Dewey Wellington finally says, it's in the backpack. As soon as I call them, throw the backpack down. I'm screaming, check the backpack. Yeah, this was just a long-ass segment for nothing. Like they had to go kill time or something. I don't know. It was weird. Like, I get what they were going for, but like, as soon as I call the backpack, I'm like, it's in the backpack. Why are we still doing the segment? Like five minutes after that. So then we do get the cash. We do get the cash in. Jake Chris finally comes out to make the cave after they find the, the contract in the backpack. Then the bell rings. The title is now on the line, and they spend the first 10 minutes of the match on the floor. No count out can I be a mid count, but they can do that. It's all legal. Mm-hmm. But now the segment's gone on for 20 minutes, and we've had no actual match in the ring. Once they got into the ring, match was great. Last 10 to 15 minutes of it was fantastic. Uh, great storytelling. Jake Chris uh, comes in with the bad arm. William goes after the arm. Everything Chris does, he's got to do either with one arm or he's got to sell the arm afterward because he put too much strain on it. The storytelling is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris kicked out of – I wrote down here, not knowing the finisher or the aftermath, Chris kicked out of so many kills, which I'm convinced that Aaron William can leave in the territory. <laughs> the finish comes when William brings in a chair. Chris, you can get – uh, hit the then hits the Chris uh, Chris Cutter for the pin twenty two minutes and forty seven seconds and then after the match William gets on the microphone and says cut my dick I quit so apparently he is leaving the territory and I wasn't just fucking making a bad joke <laughs> yeah I thought this match was okay um, I I really just nothing really grabbed my attention for a lot of it uh, until towards the end so you know, after the match. Ian Rotten comes out. He tells Vincent nothing that his opponent for the show on Jerry is going to be John Wayne Murdoch. Which we couldn't and, hear because they played music and you couldn't hear the microphone over the music. So I had to wait until after the music quit playing for him to like the announcers to kind of give it away that it was John Wayne Murdoch because I had no idea. I couldn't understand what the hell was said. Yeah, I I like the music playing what it did too. I couldn't hear the announcement and then I'm like rewinding. I still couldn't hear the announcement. And then I like kind of kept looking after that, and I still couldn't quite catch it. I finally just fucking looked it up on Cage Match, and I was tired of trying to figure it out. Yeah, the um, commentary team, I believe, said something about it. So like that's the only reason I knew. So okay, then after that, we get a couple of uh, backstage promo. Jake Chris cutting a promo about his mat, about his win, and then Billy the P backstage telling Vince nothing. He's got nothing about with John Wayne Murdoch. I've managed him before. I know his weaknesses. I know what makes him tick, and nothing going well. This better fucking work. And then we were off the air. Yeah. Okay. So it's no secret. We had talked about it previously. We had tried to do an IWA Mid-Health show from a few years ago before on this show. And we didn't end up finishing the show because of how horrible that started. And we promised ourselves no matter whether we liked this one or not, we were going to finish it, come hell or high water, and give a, give a fair review. Yes. All right. So with that being the – so with that out in the open as well, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Um, I'm going to go thumbs in the middle only because I – Nothing really caught my attention to the point where I was really um, just immersed in the show. Like, yeah, I watched, like, there was, like, two matches that I kind of sat there and watched the majority of, but I still wasn't fully involved in the show. Like, nothing just really got me into everything, Um, even though there's a lot of talent on the show that I liked. And, uh, yeah, so just still just a, a thumbs in the middle for me. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's there. There's some young names on there. I think that there's some interest there. I've, some of the guys that I saw, um, did a really good job and I'd like to see more of, but yeah, thumbs in the middle. Yeah. I will go thumbs in the middle as well. Uh, the, the, there's a lot of good stuff on here. I do think the last two matches both would have been better for just being shorter matches than what they were. Yeah. 
Uh, and that's not taking away from the talent. It's not taking away from the match. And they were just too long for the story they were telling. Or just spaced out differently. Maybe. Maybe. And maybe if, maybe if Mance and Toby went on like middle of the card and no too long match and spread out, maybe that would help both of them. Yeah. That is, that, that could, that could be it as well. Uh, I love the junior heavyweight title match. I actually do want kind of want to go back and watch the junior heavyweight title tournament. Because if that tournament is like that match, then that fucking show can be killer. Right. Yeah, so they called me on the junior heavyweight title tournament with that match. And that in itself, is apocalypse. They got me wanting to keep something else on, uh, on a future show. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But what, what isn't good really isn't good. And what, you know, what feels like filler really feels like filler. And it turned a two and a, uh, well, basically a two and a half hour show and what felt like a four hour show. Yeah. Like an old school four hour show where it just wouldn't end. But yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that's a, the, we went into this saying we'd give it a fair review. We weren't going in with like, you know, oh, I hate this company or any of the stories you hear about it, but we said we'd go in and give it a fair shot. We did. Um, first we can be is thumbs in the middle. At least it's not a thumbs down. So. Yeah, we've only done a couple of thumbs down. Like we have to really hate a show for a thumbs down. Like you got to really have a bad show for a thumbs down. Yeah. So, but there's lots of, of, of positives there and things that can, you know, always be worked on. I mean, the crowd, obviously, if you're doing weekly shows there, there's the crowds, the crowd, but it, that kind of, you know, their enthusiasm isn't there. Then it just, I don't know. Wrestling and without a crowd. Of, is just, it's just hard to watch. Part of it is a COVID crowd too. Oh, right. they're, I mean, people people have made fun of Ida Bay Midtown for coming to low attendance in the past. There might be 50 people in that building here. It's a good crowd for a COVID crowd. But if those 50 people, for whatever reason, don't feel they're getting what they wanted to be, or if they're just there a habit for them and they're not really invested, that's going to take away from the show as well. Right. All right, man. Uh, let's get your uh, plugs in and let's go home. All right. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RefJayhawk, Facebook and Instagram at Jayhawk1539. Uh, also, uh, follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ref Jayhawk. I did finally get that uh, Ultimate World Title Tournament started on Fire Pro earlier this week. We got the pre-1948 tournament done, Danikalon Kabisco. Winning that tournament, we'll advance to the Ultimate Tournament once we get the other ones done. Uh, the NWA Tournament will be next. It will be a few more days, but I still got to try to make sure I've got everybody downloaded and get the seating figured out and things like that. But let's look for that later this week, most likely. All right. And remember, you can use promo code PWP for five days free at independentwrestling.tv. And remember to check out our podcast friends, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, the Super Fantastic Podcast, At Odds with Wrestling, the Spotlight Series, and its Evolution Baby. And you can check out our other friends, Big Stark's Brand, PWPonderings.com, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, Good Company in Cleveland, Ohio, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Kayfabe Collectibles, and Toy Ohio Toy Show. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Charlie underscore Butters, and you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at IWTV Guide. Wear your mask. Black Lives Matter. Talk to you next week, everyone. Everyone's a fucking